0: Greetings, friend, and welcome to the Between the Covers podcast, where we are working every day to remove the self-limiting beliefs that are preventing us from becoming the heroes of our own stories. This morning, while I was getting ready, I was going about my usual business, just brushing my teeth, trying to make what's left of my hair look you know, somewhat presentable, and I was listening to one of the recovery podcasts that I subscribe to. These guys like to change things up with their intro. One of the co-hosts loves to just come up with a pop culture reference or music reference, some kind of quote or something that they tie into the topic that they're going to be discussing. And it was innocuous. And yet the quote that this host decided to bring to this podcast really triggered something inside of me and it inspired the topic of this podcast and what he said was sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me maybe you've heard this phrase before i heard it a lot growing up and When we're talking about doing any kind of work here to become the heroes of our own stories, one of the things that often, well, not so often anymore, I guess, it seems to be more and more commonplace these days to acknowledge what's been said about you, that there is such a thing as harm that can be done to you mentally. It's not just physical. I grew up in a house where if there was no blood, then there was no foul. You, If you were hurt and my mom and dad looked over us, if there was no blood, and eh, just walk it off, you'll be fine. And we've kind of taken this mentality to our mental health as well. At least it's something that I've observed. There are a lot of people that do not acknowledge the invisible harm that's been done. And especially with my wife and her anxiety, it's difficult to get people to understand what's really going on because to them, they don't see anything. There is no problem. You look normal. You look fine. Problem is that what's taking place isn't visible it's not even physical in any way and i have a very personal story that i want to share with you today about the impact that words can have on us and how i would even say there are certain scenarios where the words that are said to hurt someone can even be worse than having someone use a stick or a stone to try and break some bone. This all starts back when I was a child, a young child. I never was the most fit kid. I believe I've even mentioned this on a previous episode. I was not that Well, I guess the best way to say it is I was pretty husky. I was a bigger kid. I learned very early on to use food as a means to cope with my emotions. And this garnered some unwanted attention from my peers and my classmates at school. While I did have some friends, I also had individuals who would just bully me and call me names. On the playground, I was fat, I was fatso, so, so generic, we'll say. And yet, these words still had an impact on me. If I went to my parents to tell them about these names that I was being called, I probably heard something along the lines of sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. Or they would just tell me, just ignore them. Just ignore them. Don't even give them the time of day. All that may work with some bullies I wasn't able to just ignore them. And a lot of this comes down to my empathy. I, I am an empathetic person. That's something that I was born with. And I didn't know what to do with this empathy. I was often told not to cry. I was often told to just buck up and it's going to be okay. Stop crying. There's no reason to shed these tears. So I didn't know what to do with my emotions other than just stuff them down. My emotions were cumbersome to the people around me. So I had to do something else. And the only thing I knew to do was just to keep stuffing them down. Unfortunately, these names, these cruel names about my weight and These habits that I had, they did not stay only at school. They were perpetuated at home as well. My twin brother and I, we grew up with nicknames that could be switched out to either one of us of Bubba and Tank. And those were just because of how big we were. imagine being a kid who is seven eight nine years old and having this kind of negative attention wherever he goes that doesn't create a good environment for a young boy to prosper and i often Would just wonder, when is this all going to end? And it did eventually end. That stage ended when I went into middle school. And it got much, much worse. I wish that I could have gone back to people just teasing me because of my weight. No, it got way worse when I was in middle school. To paint the picture for you, I still live today in a very conservative part of Southeastern Washington State and I had a mullet. I had a mullet when I was in grade school, carried it into middle school. For those of you seeing the video portion, I know it can be a little shocking to consider that I had a mullet, but I promise you, there is photographic evidence of me with my mullet at my dad's house. There are family portraits, and there are some old pictures of me where I did have my mullet. And I wasn't the only one. My twin brother also grew out a mullet. And this garnered even more unwanted attention my twin brother when it was the spring of our first year in middle school he decided to cut his hair he couldn't handle the attention anymore and i have processed this story i've shared it so many times before i still have no clue why i had this stubborn obstinate bone within me that said, no, I am going to be who I am. And I kept my long hair. This meant for the better part of three years, I was the only boy in my middle school who had long hair. At least I'm the, I don't recall seeing anyone else who did. I guess a better way to say it is I was the only one in my class who had long hair. And I received a lot of negative attention because of it. Not only was I a chubby, husky kid who was not really all that athletic, I was also a boy with long hair, so there was only two logical conclusions that Anyone in my middle school could draw from that during this time. And this is back in the 90s. The conclusions that they could draw was either I was a girl or I was gay. And I was called a lot of names about either being feminine or being a homosexual. And I was called pretty much every homophobic name under the sun that any of my peers knew things got worse for me now they're not just attacking my body with their words they're now attacking my identity they're attacking my sexuality they are attacking my very being and once again I found myself wondering when is this ever going to end. And same song second verse It would end and yet it would only get worse. I finished middle school. I go into high school and I decided at some point, you know what, I'm done with this mullet. But I didn't choose to chop off the hair. I decided to grow the rest of it out. And one of the key memories that I can remember from this time was an upperclassman. While I was out in the hall, I think I left something, I had to go to my locker most everyone's in class and there's some upperclassman that is heading from one class down to another hall and he sees me and during this time it there is this difficult period when you're trying to grow your hair out where the hair on top of your head is long enough to get into your eyes and yet it's short enough to not get into a ponytail so for a while, I relied on gel to try and help keep it slick back and keep it out of my eyes. And then that just wasn't as feasible anymore. So I just made a ponytail on the top of my head. And that did a great job. It kept it out of my eyes. And honestly, there was a part of me that kind of liked it. It was another unique part of my identity where apparently I just constantly tried to do things to make myself different. And you know that goes so well when you're in this age of being a teenager, growing into a young adult, and everyone's trying to conform, and you've got this one weird kid who is just going the opposite direction. This upperclassman makes this comment, Are you doing that for your boyfriend? And then just walks down the hall. What's someone like me supposed to take from that? Yeah, I probably could follow the age-old advice of, you know, just let it roll off your back. I, I couldn't do that. It was also my freshman year in high school when I went into the darkest time of my life. I was, it was the winter, somewhere around the winter of my freshman year. I was 14, no, gonna be 15, 16 years old. I always forget now because I was held back a year before going into kindergarten for speech therapy. And so I was always a year older than my friends. But I was about 15 years old. And my mom and my dad sit me and my two brothers down this one evening. And they inform us that they're divorcing. I didn't see it coming. I did not see any of the signs of conflict between my mom and my dad. My two brothers were a little shocked about that. They, they didn't understand, and maybe they still don't understand why I didn't see it. I was in such a bad place in my life that I was so dissociative I didn't feel safe anywhere at home or at school and all i wanted to do was just come home and again go back to my typical coping mechanisms i wanted to stuff my face with food i wanted to play video games and just get lost in these adventures and i also wanted to experience the gratification of a sexual climax while viewing pornography. They were the things that made me feel better. So I didn't see this coming. My world as unidealistic as it could be came crashing it just came crashing down around me. I am now a child of divorce. I didn't have a family anymore. We were split. It was broken. It, there was no way it was going to come back. And even at that tender age of 15, I still had these thoughts that maybe there's something I could have done to prevent it. I know now how wrong that thought process is, and yet I still believed it. I still believed that I could have done something to prevent my parents from divorcing. All of this culminated one day in the spring. I was coming home from school. I was riding the bus alone. Once my parents divorced, I don't think I ever felt more alone in my entire life. I never felt more isolated in my entire life. I had never felt more unloved in my entire life. And I didn't know what to do anymore. And all of this culminated In this one afternoon school was out and I am riding the bus home and I'm alone I'm sitting by myself I'm sitting by myself no one else is with me on the bus my eldest brother at the time I think he probably had some Sporting practice that he was doing and either my twin brother was doing some kind of extracurricular activity or he was serving detention But I sat by myself on the bus all the way home and I was so miserable That the only option that was present to me was to end my misery before I got home I started coming up with an idea of how I was going to end my misery my parents because of mine and my twin brother's fascination with fantasy and medieval knights they bought us some replica swords and we had them in our bedroom closet I remember thinking in my head about all these different not that sharp swords that I had in my closet And I was going to go home. I was going to pick out the one that was going to serve the purpose the best, and I was just going to run myself through. I was probably even thinking of leaving some kind of note behind. When I got home, I went downstairs to where my bedroom was. And I passed by this phone that was just attached to the wall. And something inside of me urged me to just pick up that phone. And I did, and I called my mom's work. I I dialed that number so many times I called my mom's work and when I got a hold of her, I just told her, Mom, I don't want to live anymore. Somehow I took that brave step to just say, I am in so much pain right now, I can't handle it anymore. and. My family came around me and supported me through that. To this day, I am glad that I did not follow through with those plans. They helped me through this incredibly dark time of my life. That brave step to make that phone call was a very important part Of helping me get through that season the other part of it was that summer for my birthday my mom got this German Shepherd Rottweiler mix puppy and that was a gift to me and my twin brother I pushed really hard to name her Lucia And Lucia literally saved my life. She showed me so much unconditional love and acceptance that I was just craving during that time. During this time when I felt so alone. I had something that was loving me. That wasn't the end of it though. Since I was maybe seven years old, I've been stuffing down a lot of emotions, and all those started coming out sideways. If I wasn't a depressed mess that couldn't find a way out of his misery, I was exploding in anger at those around me just trying to get some... Semblance of control in my life when everything felt like it was out of control. I will be honest If I ever hear someone say to me or even say to a child Who is in pain and? They share this message that sticks and stones will break your bones. I Want to confront them and tell them that is so wrong What this child what or even what I am feeling is Valid just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not valid what I hope this story of my life experience can help to shed light on is that the words that are said over us can have a very lasting impact and they can help direct our lives toward our betterment or toward our own demise if your story has some similar threads to my own if you're carrying a lot of pain from things that have been said to and about you, then what I truly hope to impart to you is that there is hope. All is not lost. For me, it's been finding the right people that I can talk to and process these experiences. And if you haven't found that person, don't give up trying. Don't give up trying. Keep looking until you find the right person who can help you. And it doesn't matter if it's someone that you pay to listen to you. Sometimes that's the best way to get what you need is if you have someone who is trained in helping us unravel what's going on in our minds and in our bodies. There's nothing wrong with that. And while my story has not had the ending that I don't even know what it's going to look like. It makes me think of all of the people who did follow through with what they were thinking and what they were planning. It makes me think of all of the people who have prematurely ended their own lives all because they felt that there was no other way out. That it was too much. The burden was too much to care. The loneliness and the isolation was so quiet and overwhelming. And it makes me wonder how many heroes we've lost. How many people could have done something really good for this world? but they just felt like there was no other way. I weep for those people because I used to be one. Never forget that the words that were spoken over you can have a lasting impact on you. And at the same time, the words that you speak over someone else have a lasting impact on them which is why I want to end this time by saying you're worth it, you're valuable. And there are people out there who will and do love you. Sometimes you just have to keep looking and that's so hard to do. And I get that, it is so hard. But when you find them, it is so worth it. It is so life-giving. And one last thing here. It's the holiday season. At least here in the United States. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. And yet for a lot of us, it's not. It's not a wonderful time of year. Some of us don't have family to spend the holidays with. Some of us are going to go back to our families and be belittled and treated like a child. Some of us are not going to have the holidays because we have to try and make ends meet the best that we can. The expectation for this time of year is it's supposed to be joyous, it's supposed to be wonderful, everyone's supposed to be smiling, and I say, if that's not your story, don't push it. Don't try and make things seem better than they are. Allow yourself to be who you are. Allow yourself to walk your own story. Allow yourself to grieve loss. Allow yourself to be sad. Allow yourself to maybe overindulge in some food when the emotions just come really hard. There's no judgment here. Not at between the covers. There's no judgment here. Regardless, you are worth it take care of yourself, love yourself, do whatever you need to in order to get through some of this in the healthiest way that you can. And until next time, live strong for today. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like what you're hearing and you're interested in working with me, there is a link to my website in the show notes and also a link just to schedule a free 50-minute one-on-one call with me. Let's get the conversation started. Also, please rate and review this podcast so more people are able to find it. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon.